0: news talk on demand interruption free audio where you want it when you want it
1: i'm back in the saddle again out where a friend is a friend
2: where the longhorn cattle feed on the lowly gypsum
0: we back in the saddle again and good morning and welcome to garden talk and I'm back. I'm Jay Thomas, and I'm happy to be here with Rick Van Dyke, Back in and the saddle. Back in the saddle. Uh, you know what? We, uh, got, I got to guest host a couple of shows a couple of weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, well, I've been asked to rejoin the show. So it's three green thumbs up now instead of just two. Uh, it gives me a chance
1: not to worry about computers and buttons and everything else. I can just do my thing.
0: That's awesome. Perfect. So I'm Jay Thomas, Rick Van Dyke, and Jill Van Dyvendijk, who is on the road right now. Warning, Jill.
3: Good morning. Welcome to the show, Jay. I'm so excited to have you back.
0: Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here. It's uh, what Rick and I did what uh probably 7 years of garden talk I want to say. Yeah, at least that. At least that, right? Yeah. And a little break, little hiatus. Well, that's why I played
1: that old song for her. You know we're getting old, right? <laughs>
0: that's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's right. Well, Jill's back on
1: the road again and she's just coming back for Jill, you're coming back from Calgary from uh Canadian from National
3: Calgary, yeah. Canadian National ringette? Was, That's correct. My daughter was playing in the Canadian Ringette Championships and um, it's just incredible to, to watch uh, sports being played at such an elite level and playing um, provinces all over the place, New Brunswick, Ottawa, uh, Manitoba, Alberta, BC, um, Nova Scotia were the teams that she got to play this um, this week. So it was just a really fun week of sport. And um, it's just amazing to see how sport brings so much confidence to these young kids.
1: Yeah, it's interesting though. where you get even Prince Edward Island had a representative and how many people are live on that island, right? They're, to make up a, a ring ed team out of that island, that's a—that's awesome.
3: Yeah, there was about 1,200 athletes at the event in Calgary this weekend, this week um, participating, so it was pretty incredible.
0: Phenomenal. Well, if you're just joining us, welcome to Garden Talk. This is a two-hour show. Yes, we
1: start this week, two hours. That's what you, everybody's been asking for, this thing, for... for months now they're when are we going to two hours okay here it is
0: it doesn't look much like a spring day and there's some interesting forecasts around the province yep. for some <laughs> cooler temperatures Thanks. coming up this uh this week it's not so hot today and uh, maybe even uh some severe winter weather in the southeast corner but you know we'll get to that but it r- is but, spring
1: but right now we're ready i mean jay myself and my daughter jill we're ready for a show now it's up to you the listener. Come in and join us and make this show an awesome show by, but you got to join us here and give us a call or text, and yep. then we can have a lot of fun together. 1
0: 877 332 8255. That's where you call or you text, so you can join the conversation in two different ways. And we've got, well, we've got some good time. You know, we, it's funny, Rick, in the past, we've, we've done this, but we've still had texts at the end and we had a tough time getting to. So yes. if you've got a question, make sure you get it in right away because that's going to help us answer that for you. Um, we are going to go over with, with uh, Jill in a little bit here about what is going on in the greenhouse we're gonna talk about you know some Easter stuff happening because that's right around the corner and Rick's got a whole bunch of stuff I got a bunch of stuff I put on the just to
1: talk about different products that are in the store that people are asking about right now we're gonna be talking about that in the next couple hours as well
0: we're gonna try but of course calls and texts trump it all trump so here we go we've got Ian who's in Saskatoon and Ian's joining us good morning Ian hi good morning um, I
4: got two quick questions um, the first one is my lawn. I didn't. Uh, I suppose it looks like two years. I haven't edged off the lawn to stop it from growing over the sidewalk. Yep. Um, and so I, I was going to take my half moon and you know cut it. Is it too early to, early to do that?
1: So as long as the ground, the frost out of the ground, you can actually get that thing in the ground. And to, you can do it any time now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you can get out in the garden and start doing that. Yeah. The only thing that would stop you is. Honestly, is if there's frost in the ground, you can't get you can't put your half moon into the ground. But that's
4: it. Otherwise, you can okay. go ahead. And then the other one is actually related to frost. So I've got a, a quarter of our basement is uninsulated, the furnace room, yep. and on the outside of it, uh, on the I've got uh, a bunch of yellow loose loosestrife plants right up against the, you know, they're, say two and a half feet out, like from the foundation out. Yep. And Probably because there's no insulation. I've got some plants that are, like, there's all kinds of leaves covering them, but I've got some inch-and-a-half-tall plants up already, and it's supposed to go up to, like, down to minus 11 or something this week. So I'm not sure if I should rake them, rake the leaves out of there to uncover them so they can keep growing, or if I would be better off to cover them with more leaves because it's going to
1: freeze. Yeah, you know what, the, because of the, 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 the hardiness of them and then popping out, Jay, you were talking about your hostess actually yeah. putting a little pop-up in your garden already, and so these plants are pretty tough. It would take a pretty hard cold. Now, if it's going to go, they're saying minus 8, minus 9 at night, mm-hmm. right? If we started getting down to minus 20, I'd be worrying about it, you know? But eight minus nine is not too bad. I mean, those plants are hardened off. I mean, they've been getting some cool temperatures at night right now anyways. Yeah. So I would say they'd be fine. If, they're, if, any, if the temperature that you're going to talk about go below minus 10, just leave those leaves there until, because uh, next week, after this following week, it's supposed to get, a, you know, to normal, to above normal. So uh, you can take those leaves out of there then. But for this, this week, I just leave those leaves there. And if, and if the temperature does go, far the other direction where it's going to go below minus 10 then just throw some more leaves around them just being careful that you don't damage some of those new stems coming up that's all
3: yeah and I always at this time of year I like to have some burlap or some frost blanket on hand too so that if I have my plants uncovered and we do get a different temperature we do live in Saskatchewan we don't know what's going to happen so then you just have those things ready you can drape it over top of some of those new growths on those plants and hold it down with some bricks or something and then you're good to go as well
4: Thanks. Yeah, I heard heavy
3: snow down in the southeast. <laughs>
1: You're right. And, and actually, heavy snow is if those plants are coming up, especially in the south, down in the south end of the province, I mean, things are even farther ahead than they are around in the central part of Saskatchewan. So, if mm-hmm. you get that snow, that's actually a great insulator. And so, that with the cold temperatures, that actually snow will protect the plants as well. So, that's not a bad thing. And the moisture, they need that moisture down south. So, it's
0: welcome this time of the year. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks again for your call. Take care. one 332 8255 That's how you join the conversation. You can get on the text line. You can get on the phone line. And we've got lots to get to here. So the next one that I believe we can uh, head to, we've got another call to get to. There's Gene uh, waiting on the line, Morris. But we got Rick from Yorkton who's joining us. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Great name. <laughs> from one Rick to another, what's your question for us this morning?
5: Well, I have uh, two two questions. Uh, we had an apple tree that was diagnosed as being chlorotic, Yes. and I was trying to save it year after year with fertilizer and pruning and, and whatnot, and it was not getting any better. So I decided to cut it down, and I dug the root out, completely dug the root out, Yep. Now, my question is, if I plant a new tree, can I plant the tree in the same hole, or would the soil around there be infected or anything with the, the with the tree being chlorotic?
1: M- move move some as much of that soil out you can and put new soil in. The only reason it has nothing to do with what it does have something to do about being chlorotic, but there's another thing that we have in the nursery it's called apple transplant disease, and we call it that in the, in the industry because if we have a row of trees in the field and we harvest it we can't seem to put another row of apple trees in the same row spot again we have to plant some ash trees or poplars or lindens or something else in that row for for one for one rotation of a crop and then okay. we can go back to that row again. And in the industry, we can't figure it out. So that's what we, the industry calls it that. And it's called apple transplant disease. So that can happen exactly the same thing I, in your yard. It could, it could not. So, but if you remove a bunch of that soil, use that soil somewhere else in the garden, whatever, it doesn't matter. And just replace it with as much soil as you can. Maybe go wider, right? Wider out okay. and uh, then deep. And then you'll have, uh, then you'll have no, not a problem at all. Now, the biggest thing you want to do if you're chlorotic, You want to do a pH test of your soil because I've a feeling what you're having if you're having that if you're having chlorosis, is it's a lack of iron. But lack of iron a lot of times there's iron in the soil, but the plant can't get it. So usually it means that your pH is too high. Okay, Okay. and so if you lower your pH, your plant will be able to uptake nutrients that it can't if it's too alkaline. Okay, so using something I brought some here. I talk about want to talk about that as well is a product called Sulfur Ninety. Sulfur 90, we sell it at a store and what it is, it it is, um, and what it is, is an elemental sulfur. So you can put it onto your, your garden and you can use aluminum sulfate, you can use sulfur, or you can use this elemental sulfur. And elemental sulfur is what a lot of the farmers use for their canola crops as well is okay. that it, it it lower it's a slower release uh, sulfur so and and it'll last up I think up to around eight to ten years so you put a little bit of that every year and then you'll keep your pH down and then your plant will be able to uh, be able to take up nutrients and you won't have as much of the chlorotic issues as you will in a really heavy alkaline soil okay
5: okay, okay that sounds good and my my second question is could you uh, recommend an a apple tree like a, a that is a good apple, a decent keeper, and a, just a good eating apple? Okay, so yeah, for right. for our zone, I guess yeah. for our zone, zone two here. Yeah, so
1: if you're if you're that cold, and there's there's a few of them I would recommend. One is called Prairie Sensation. It was brought out by the University of Saskatchewan. Okay, it's a good one. It's a big okay. apple. Good cooking or eating. Goodland is another one. Okay, Goodland. Goodland. September Ruby. Or fall red. September ruby. And fall red.
5: Those any are one two of those. Different ones.
1: Yeah, any one of those four
0: for that okay. zone two. You'll be fine.
5: Okay, thank you very much. You're Thanks, welcome. Rick. Have a good day. Thanks. Great. You too.
0: Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five and three zero six three zero six on the text. In fact, that's what we have to do right now is uh, take a quick break and go to a little spot set here. We're going to get to our text line when we get back. We've got Steve in Regina, Carol as well, uh, Isabel in the Asquith area, and a few more to get to, not to mention our calls. Gene, Morris, and Kayla hanging on the line. So if you guys can hang on, we're going to be right back to you when we get back from this. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick Van Dyvendyke jill van Dyke, you're listening to garden talk on 980 cjme and 650 ckom welcome back to garden talk on 980 cjme and 650 ckom i'm jay thomas and here with jill and rick and van Dyke, and i'm pretty excited because if you're just joining the show right now well i'm i'm back, back. yeah back, the the, back to back to join the gang and uh, help host the show and here for here here to stick again, so that's exciting.
1: Yep. It's awesome for me because I don't have to worry about looking at three different computers and buttons, and I can just concentrate on having fun answering questions.
0: Exactly, and being the R expert. Okay, so we've got uh, we've got Kayla, Jean, and Morris guys. Hang on real tight. We're going to get to your calls up next. We, we did want to address at least a couple of texts here, at least one, because we've got Jill with us, and uh, Jill, you're you're you know about everything going on at Dutch Growers, but you really love the indoor plants and and that sort of stuff too.
3: Indoor plants, annuals, perennials—that's kind of my specialty in the greenhouse
0: for sure. So we've got a text here from Stephen Regina. It says, uh, "Never missed one show. Thanks, uh, Garden Talk, for for being on the air. I had, I, I have a yucca plant, a yucca palm, for years, and I grow them from small inside. Then I move them to the outside into large containers just for the summer. Now I have four inside the house, and they're six feet high. Six feet." Uh, and I'll move them outdoors in about three weeks. What fertilizer are best to use for the yucca palms?
3: Well, with the yuccas, they um, they actually don't require too much nutrients. I would probably just use an alfalfa palette and make a tea out of it, and I uh, use that for my yuccas. Um, or else just use your general Schultz um, houseplant fertilizer. You can use that as well. Probably about once a month would be enough. When you're watering more and you have your plants outside, then you can switch to maybe a 20-20-20 fertilizer. But make sure you follow the house plant directions on the outside of the container and not the annual directions. It's a little bit more mild um, solution. So that's the, the key to success with those guys.
0: And I guess, of course, the other thing for Steve with his yuccas is he says three weeks, but it might not be nice in three three weeks. <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah. yeah right so to so the risk of loss. when
3: you're... When you're putting them outside, they are tropical plants. With all of your tropical plants, you want your nighttime temperatures, not your daytime temperatures, but your nighttime temperatures to be consistently 10 degrees at night um, before you put your tropical plants outside. Right,
0: exactly. Okay, we're going to go to our phone, uh, phone line here, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's where you call or you text. Patiently waiting in Regina is Jean. Good morning, Jean.
6: Good morning. Glad to have you back, Jay. Oh, thanks very much. Uh, I have a poinsettia that I received at Christmas, quite large one. Now, it still has some of the red bracts on, but a lot of the leaves have come off stems. In February, I started to give it a, just a low dose of uh, fertilizer. It is uh, tempting to uh, regrow, uh, and I'm just wondering, should I cut it down somewhat and yeah, give it a yes. chance to produce new uh,
3: leaves? Yeah, if you want to, you can turn it back or pinch back those rocks. Um and you can turn it back about a third. Now with a with a point of plant you can actually plant it out in your garden for the summer season if you want to as well. And then to get it to rebloom again, remember it needs those those uh, that, that dark period of right. darkness, right? To get the dry right. bloom. So
6: you need right. Oh uh, I wanna know. I just wanna know if I could cut it back by about you said about a third?
3: About a third, yes.
6: Right. And I can do that now. Absolutely. And uh, should I still start? Uh, it's in a south facing window. And uh, so I still give it low doses of um, fertilizer? Yeah, continue to fertilize it, and they love lots of time,
3: for sure. Uh, all right. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Gene. Appreciate Have a great day. It.
3: Glad you're back on
5: the air. <laughs> oh,
0: that's sweet. Thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> One eight seven seven we are going to go to another call here. Waiting patiently in Hendon is Morris. Uh, good morning, Morris. Morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good.
2: I got a question on uh, Anaheim peppers and yellow pears, those little tiny pear-shaped things. The odd leaf on the odd plant turns orangey-yellow. What's going on?
1: If they're turning an orangey yellow, that usually means nut- a lot of times either two things: light or otherwise a nutrient. Okay, and so so watch them, and you don't want to go to high. You don't want to go to high nitrogen, or you don't want to go to high phosphorus.
2: Okay, so, all these have been living on is uh, alfalfa tea.
1: Yeah, that that's good because uh, that, that so that that's fine. Then if you've been doing that, um, so you've been doing it right from day one with alfalfa pellet tea yeah so then you're probably you probably just have to increase the light. Do you have them under grow lights or just in yes. a window
2: grow lights
1: yeah that's, they should be uh, they they're probably what what are you using for water?
2: snow water
1: snow water snow water right snow water
0: yep. so according to Rick, you're doing it all right,
1: you're doing everything perfectly, like not <laughs> even not even a little bit wrong that's everything's perfect. so you're using snow water, you're using alfalfa petal tea and you got you got grow lights. How close are the grow lights to the plants? Oh, two inches? Yeah, so you're you're probably just a little bit close, probably about six inches away would be okay. probably better. And um, But otherwise, yeah, everything is going the way you should be going, so there's no reason why they should be turning an orangey-red, because um, usually if they turn orangey-red, is like either light or nutrients. So maybe what you want to do, if you're using a falfa pellet tea, maybe you want to just up a little bit of nitrogen in, in that thing. So maybe do you got a houseplant fertilizer at home? Yes. Use it at half-strength, okay? okay, at your next one. Use it half-strength, not full-strength, but half-strength, okay? okay? Do you remember what type you have, a fertilizer? Well,
2: uh, what the heck is it, 13, 13 6 something
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, so go half-strength, and let's give it some of that. You might get just a little bit heavier nitrogen, and that might be enough just to help perk that plant up for you, okay? Okay.
2: Okay, yeah, I got another one about a petunia plant. Okay. We've had it. We liked it, so we've kept it. It's four years old now, and it's not looking good. I never repotted it. I suppose it should have been repotted. eh? Yeah,
6: absolutely.
3: Yeah, if it's, if it's a petunia plant, you'll want to repot it. you also want to cut it back, too, and you can even take cuttings off of it as well and root those cuttings, and then you'll have a stronger, healthier plant.
2: Yeah, what we've done here, we liked it's a good moment. I've, she put it in the basement, took it up the first year, it all turned yellow, then we put it up, turned green, and all the flowers come, and that's happened for two years in a row. Good. Now this is the fourth year, it's not looking so smart.
1: Yeah, you need to transplant it because it's probably the soil is probably just running, running its course right now, so transplanting will make a huge difference.
0: Okay, very okay. good. Thanks, Morris. Have a good day. Yeah, bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's the number you call, and it's the number you text as well. we got to take a quick break. Welcome back to Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Excited to bring you a two-hour show. My name is Jay Thomas, and I'm glad to be back here uh, behind the mic and behind the controls with Jill and Rick Van Dyven dyke to host Garden Talk. So uh, thanks for joining us. We're going to get to our text line as soon as we can here, but we always like to go to our calls first. And waiting nice and patiently out in White City, just outside of Regina in Saskatchewan, is Kayla. Hi, Kayla.
7: Hello, good morning. Good morning. Um, happy to be on the show.
0: Hello, thanks for coming on.
7: Yes. Um, yes, I have a question about a dwarf Alberta spruce tree that we planted last year. Yep. It's now just under three feet tall, and the top of it has turned brown, and the needles are pretty loose and starting to flake off. Yep. Just wondering what would be causing that, and if it's a, a lost cause due to root rot, if we have to dig it up and a nope. new one or if there's anything we can do to kind of salvage it. it it's
1: it's uh it's it's sorry it's almost a lost cause not because of anything other than they should not have called it alberta spruce they should have called it
0: california spruce so, oh. <laughs> so. you know in white city there are a lot of spruce trees yeah and there's lots of really old spruce trees yeah, right but, are you in the older but, part of but, white city or the new part
7: we're in the older part. Yeah, okay.
0: So what happens is it need to be shaded. You have
1: to you have to put burlap wrap around it every winter. Okay. Okay. And so it, 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 what happens is the sun desiccates the needles, and the needles just can't take our our our, in, our sun and reflection off the snow every winter. Okay. So you mm-hmm. have to put a, you have to wrap it burlap, and the best way to wrap it with burlap you really just put some stakes around it, for the, in the fall, and then wrap the stakes. With burlap up higher than the plant, okay. So the sun can't get it, but leave the top open, so the snow okay. can fall. So the snow can fall in around it, okay. That's the okay. best way. If you're gonna actually, as it gets bigger, you want to wrap the plant itself. Then you got to leave it six inches off the ground, so the snow can protect the s- ground, okay. But I, I like okay. myself as putting, you know, leaving leaving uh, about you know at least six to twelve inches of the burlap away from the side of the plant. OK, especially at the bottom, because Alberta spruce is wider at the bottom than it is at the top. And then you really want to go taller than the plant so the sun can't get the tip. So you're really just trying to shade it. Now It's the sun. It's not the cold, OK, for us. You can handle the cold. It just can't take our winter suns here.
0: Now, how long does she have to do that for? Because this tree will get big. It doesn't matter. You do it to for forever. Okay. Wow. It's, at some point it's taller than a ladder.
1: Yeah. Right. So, uh, they, around here, they'll get about the maximum I've seen them around here is about four feet tall. Oh, okay. And so, um, so just keep, just keep wrapping it every winter and then you can take it off in May and then you put it back on. It doesn't matter. You can put, put the stakes in if you want and you don't have to put it on until any time November, December. It doesn't matter. Okay. But you, cause okay. it's, it's really February, March and April what turns them brown. Okay, that, that's the months, because the sun is getting higher, especially in April and in, in March, and the ground is still frozen, and it can't take up moisture. Now, to get it back right now, what you want to do is you want to get... It'll, it'll put out new growth. Like, the branches aren't dead. It'll just drop the needles, but it'll put out new growth. So you want to start fertilizing around May the 10th with a 30-10-10 fertilizer. And with that new plant, you're going to be putting about uh four liters of water mixed with a 30-10-10, and you can do that every three weeks from May the 10th and you're going to stop around July the 1st. Okay, July the 1st, July the 15th, depending where that three weeks ends up being, okay? And you do that every three weeks with four liters of water mixed with 30, 10, 10, and you'll get lots of growth back again. And then next fall, you need to, uh, you need to wrap it burl up again. Now, another plant that grows a little bit slower than almost the same speed, but a little bit slower is that looks kind of the same. Not quite a, not quite as nice and f- fluffy and light green as an Alberta spruce, but it's called Olandorfie spruce. Now, the Olandorfie spruce is one that grows slow, but it looks kind of the same, but it will, um, it was, it's way more tougher than Alberta spruce.
7: Okay. Okay. Um, And then this burlap wrap, like we've got a lot of other evergreen trees that are really, really tall, quite established, yep. the older ones. A couple of those needles are turning brown too. Do you think that could also be maybe due to the uh, harsh
1: could, sun? It, they would turn more brown at the tips and even a little bit of purple, okay, if it's from the sun. And okay. you know, almost a little bit purple. Now, if it's just brown on the inside, then it could be spider mite. Now, if it's brown all the way sort of sporadic and all the way to the top, then it could be a thing called needle cast disease, okay? It could be another thing altogether. So what you okay. can do is you can always send me some, you know, uh, send some pictures to the garden center, and we can always take a look look at it to see what it is, or just rick at com, and you can always take a look at it to have a better look and give you a better idea. Okay. Okay.
7: Great. Um, and then just one last question from my husband. He's wondering when's a good time to start dethatching the lawn here with, from all the snow mold
1: yeah, deep the lawn. I mean, you could do it anytime as long as the, the, the grass is dry enough. If it's too moist, right? Or if it's, or if it's ground is still frozen still, then you'll just rip, you'll just rip out, uh, you know, a lot of clumps and that kind of stuff, right? So, um, just wait till it's dry enough. Um, so depending where you're down south, uh, right? White City, yeah. So, I mean, who knows? We don't know. You might get a, hopefully you might get a storm this week, but I, mean, I think it's more south than you where the storm's coming this next week, but, uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, you could start doing that anytime as long as it's dry enough, so that you're not ripping out clumps. That's the biggest thing. Okay.
7: Okay. Great. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Kayla. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye.
0: One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Jill's with us, of course, and Jill, we wanted to just touch on before we get to our next callers here, just what's going on in the greenhouse right now around Dutch growers.
3: While well, the staff are busy bees getting everything set up in the benches. We have um, annuals um, starting to arrive. The herbs are arriving. So the greenhouses are starting to fill up with those early bedding plants. And it's so exciting to see the corneal crops are already all in the greenhouses. But what is so exciting about this time of year is Easter is coming. And um, so the greenhouse is filling up with Easter lilies, which are those white lilies that are forced to bloom at this time of year. And just sort of remind us about Um, peace and serenity and sort of that new beginning. And I just love the fragrance that they add to a home. So with the Easter lilies, you're going to enjoy the blooms. And then you can plant them out into your garden if you want to. Um, However, a lot of some of the Easter lilies that you have are not a hardy variety. So you'd want to bring them in just like you would harvest any dahlia bulbs and then grow them again and force them indoors. Now, another beautiful plant that you see right now is a beautiful hydrangea. And the hydrangeas have a big ball of either purple, blue, um, pink, or white flowers on them. And hydrangeas um, are hardy in Saskatchewan, but not these varieties that you're seeing right now. These are a house plant variety. And so if you're wanting to care for these in the house, I would suggest transplanting them into a slightly larger pot. The um, size of pot that they're in right now is... If you pull it out, it's so, so root bound. So you're going to be watering that once or twice a day right now. So if you're finding the leaves, the blooms are kind of wilting a little bit, um, it's because there's just not enough soil in there. So transplant into a bigger pot and you'll have more success with it. Um, a lot of the new varieties right now are actually bred to rebloom. Um, so if you want to have them continually bloom outside in the summertime, I put them outside in maybe a north or an east location and plant them with some of my annuals. And then I have that sort of pop of color in my annual containers as well.
1: And then bring them in for the for the for the wintertime again because they won't survive outside. Bring them off-site. in for the
3: wintertime yeah. now, Rick. If they're trying to get a uh, a hydrangea that looks like those, and you want that nice blue color. Um, what variety do you think you would you would go with in the garden? Yeah, if you,
1: there's a couple of varieties you can get if you want the blue. You still need to be mulched a bit, but one called Moonstruck and another called Endless Summer. And then you get the blue color, but then you also order soils in Saskatchewan. You have to use aluminum sulfate to keep them blue. Otherwise, it'll turn more of a pink color here.
3: So I think that is the most common thing right now is that people see these blue hydrangeas and they think that they're hearty to the sketch. I'm going to enjoy them in the house and then they're going to go to my landscape. These ones are a house plant one, but you can enjoy them all summer long kind of in a east or a north exposure
0: outside. Fantastic. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. If you can believe it, it's time for our next break. But, Tom, hang on. Your call is next. The phone lines are lighting up, and it's fantastic. We're going to get to Paul's uh, text, or pardon me, Paul's call about transplanting tomato seedlings. Uh, Tom is going to ask about... Uh, taking clippings from wild choke cherries and cranberries. June wants to talk about a spider plant and how to look after it. We're going to talk about birch trees and what to do with them, as well as Tanya's call treating the, the, the lawn where the dogs got to it this, oh, yes, uh, this winter. So big, lots big of questions. good stuff. Guys, hang on. We're going to get to your calls as soon as we can. We're going to take a break. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Dyvendijk. You're listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Hope your Sunday's off to a good start. Ours sure is. It's a two hour edition of Garden Talk here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick and Jill Van Dyke on the show here, which is fantastic. Lots of calls to get to. Yep. The text line is there too. We're going to get to that as soon as we can, but hey, the calls are here. So we're going to start calls, with them. Calls are trumped for us. Exactly. Yes. Tom's been waiting for us as well. Uh, he's in Hudson Bay. Uh, good morning, Tom. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Got lots of
0: snow up there Luster yet, Tom? Show. Lots of snow up Luster there yet? Show. Oh, thanks. for thanks. That's great, yeah. Tom. Do you, have, do you have lots of snow up in Hudson Bay still?
2: Oh, yeah. We've got at least a foot and a half in the bush yet to go.
0: Okay, good. So you want to talk about transplanting or kind of uh, clippings from wild chokecherries and cranberries and stuff, right?
2: That's correct. My daughter wants me to send some to her in Vancouver Island. I'm just wondering what the best procedure and the best time would be to do that.
1: So are uh, are these you're taking this like a sucker from the root or are you are you actually taking I want to take a cutting.
2: I want to take a cutting off of the branches.
1: Okay. So you you're talking about there's two different plants, right? You had uh cranberries and what was the other one? Wild choke cherries. Wild choke
2: cherries wild. and wild cranberries. Okay.
1: So wild choke cherries and and cranberries, the the normally on those ones I like taking a softwood cutting in the summertime and then rooting them. But you okay. can t- also take a hardwood cutting, and you got to do that right now, okay? Okay. Before the buds go out, so you can try that. So take a hardwood cutting about six inches long, about okay. about the thickness of a of a uh, let's see a pencil. Okay. Okay, that's the size of the branch, and about six inches long. And it's got to yeah. remember the cranberries. The 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 little buds are are like the where the leaves come out of the branch are quite far yeah. apart, right? Yeah. So, you want to make sure that you, you, um, you, t- when you take the cutting, make sure that you, you're about an, an inch or two below one of those where the, with the leaves bud out of the, out of the branch. Because what she's yeah. going to do when she gets it, she's going to make another cut about a quarter inch below that, not a fresh cut or an angle. And mm-hmm. then she's going to use a product called Stem Root or Rooting Hormone number three. Yeah. yeah. And stick it in that that with a fresh cut. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and then, but she needs that node about a quarter inch below. Your cut has to be a quarter inch below because the roots will come out where that node is. Okay? Okay, yeah. So, um, so that's what you need to do that. The choke cherry the same way. Okay. And, or even the choke cherry, if you have, uh, if you can, of course, it's hard with the snow you have right now, but I mean, if the, if you dig up, you can actually get some of those, a uh, sucker from the base, and you can yeah. actually take a sucker from the base and actually have some root on it, and then that's even the st- quicker start for her, okay? Okay. But otherwise, you can What's do the this? same, you can do the same thing with that one, about, about pencil thickness, and about yeah. at least six inches long, and yeah. uh, the nodes are a little bit closer together on the chokecherry, so, uh, but right. you still need to have a, some nodes on there so it can yeah. produce leaves up high, but then root yeah. uh, on the nodes below.
3: Now, does it
2: Rick, does it matter if I cut them at an angle now, or does it Doesn't nope. it matter? It
1: doesn't matter because she's going to make a fresh cut before she puts the stem root yep. on.
2: Okay, gotcha.
1: Okay.
3: Rick, would you yep. be better off on... Um Sending her new cuttings, or would he be better off taking the cuttings, rooting them, and then shipping
1: them to her? Well, there's two ways you can do the hardwood cutting now, and then the summertime when you get the new growth, when the new growth is about you know about three or four inches tall, you could take a, a softwood cutting on the new growth. Root it in a in a in a jar or a cup of water or in a little jiffy pot, and get it to root, and then you'd send it to her later in the summertime when she can plant it out then. So you can try both of them. Do the hardwood cutting now, and then and then send it to her right away, and then also you can, this summer you can do a softwood cutting where you can take quite a few more, and then you have a better percentage of them taking, and then uh, and then do the softwood cutting because so they do. I do most of mine by softwood, but they can go by hardwood as well.
3: Okay, the other
2: question I have, when I send them, would I wrap them in moist if I did it now, or does uh, it
1: matter? No, it doesn't matter right now, as long as the... Uh because you're going to send them, it's not going to take that long, and they're dormant right now, right? So uh, right. Yep. they'll they'll yep. be fine. Um, the biggest thing you don't want them is to dry right out. So even yeah. if you put a little bit of a, uh, wrap the ends in a little bit of a paper towel with a little bit of moisture to it, and then okay. put a little bit of saran wrap around it, that'll just yep. help keep some moisture there just so that it doesn't, it doesn't, the yep. ends don't dry out completely.
8: Okay, good okay. enough. That's, that's what I needed. Thank okay. you kindly, sir. Thanks, Tom. Have a great day
0: yep bye bye one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five we've got time for one more tech uh, call to get through here, and the next person up in line is in saskatoon and
8: it's Paul Good morning Paul morning guys and girls um the gang's all here
0: <laughs> you <laughs> <Yep>. bet exactly
8: <laughs> <laughs> um i did uh i just transplanted uh some tomatoes into three inch pots and I noticed. On one of the plants, I I sterilized all the pots um, before you know I I planted them. I noticed one of the one of the tomato plants had some um, little bumps on a leaf on one of the leaves. I cut the leaf off, and I don't seem to be seeing any more. But do you do you see a problem with that plant, or I I don't know.
3: Sometimes we'll see um, bumps show up on the leaves like that, just from even um, a little bit of inconsistent watering. It's hard to know without seeing the leaf exactly itself what it could be. Um, did the leaf turn any color, or was it just that it got
8: some bumps on the leaves? Just got some bumps on the leaves.
1: Was it a bump, mm-hmm. or was it like a ripple?
8: No, just a bump. A bump. Yeah.
3: So. Yeah, usually we see a bump on a leaf when we um, have changes in water, either a little bit too much water, then some of the cells might burst a little bit, but um, you don't usually see that on tomato plants that often. They see that more on um, thinner leaf plants. So I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure what that was, but um, taking that leaf off, just keep an eye on it and just um, see if some of that new growth ha- continues to have that. If it does, um, take a picture of it and send it, send it in to us at the garden
8: center and we can check it out for you. Should I be letting these dry out a little bit? Because I've been watering them every day.
3: You'll want to stick your finger into the soil up to your first knuckle. um, And as soon as you have some good roots, it should feel dry to the touch before you water it. You shouldn't be keeping them saturated all the time.
8: Okay, perfect.
0: Great. Well, thank you very much, Paul. Yeah,
3: appreciate the call. Okay.
0: Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five, and that's the same number you text and you call. Uh, we're going to take uh, Brian's call, when we get back from the break as well as June's and Tanya's. So, guys, hang on. We're excited to get to your calls as well. We're going to take a short break and back with the second hour of yeah. Garden Talk today. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick and Jill Van Duyvendijk. This is Garden Talk on nine eighty C J M E and six fifty C K O M. Well, it's hour number two of Garden Talk here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas, back to being your host, along with, of course, the experts who make the show what it is, Jill Van Dijvendyk and Rick Van Dijvendyk. And
1: everybody's been asking for that second hour, so here it is. Here so it is. So everybody needs to join us in now, and we're going to have lots of fun.
0: And we got lots to get to. So yep. thanks, everybody, for waiting patiently on the text line, on the phone line. We're trying to get to as much as we can here. Uh, we're going to go to the phones, of course, first. And who is waiting the longest? Uh, I think it is... Uh, June is our next caller and uh, Jill I think this is gonna be one for you as well but uh, June thanks for waiting for us.
6: Hi Um, I have a spider plant and it was just getting so out of control like leaves were everywhere so I cut it right down and now it's not growing the spiders it's just growing leaves will it eventually grow spiders again and yeah, it will eventually grow spiders
3: again. Now, you might want to transplant it into a slightly larger pot as well, too. Um, that will that will help as well, too. If it gets too root round or you have it in too large of a plot, um, that will make a difference. But it's just going to take some time to recoup after being cut back,
6: and you should be good to go. Okay, and it's got some leaves that are uh, kind of split like the leaves are pointing down instead of up, you know, the kind of a uh, kink in the leaf kind of thing. What do yeah, I, if, should I cut some of that off? If you want to cut those off, you definitely can. If there's a kink in the leaf, um,
3: the leaf is eventually going to die back anyways. The leaf is just broken, um, so you can just cut that off on an angle and I then... cut uh, them
6: off, but they just have the cut in them kind of that they... Yeah, exactly. You can just...
3: You can just give them a little bit
6: of a trim so how much water should i be giving it i think maybe i'm really over watering or
3: does it matter yeah. again just stick your finger in the soil about two inches down it should feel dry to the touch before you water it
6: okay thank you
0: thanks for waiting june t- have a great day yeah,
3: thanks one 332
0: 8255 uh the next call we're waiting for uh waiting patiently in saskatoon is tanya good morning tanya Good morning. Good morning. So you got a pooch, right? A puppy.
3: Yes, we do. And uh, the puppy has been uh, going outside to the bathroom um, and just peeing in different spots in the backyard. So we have probably about 10 spots
7: that look like they're you know, more yellow than the rest of the grass. Um, just wondering what we can do about that. Now we're training the puppy to go on the rock, so it should be better. But just for the spring, what do we do with those dead spots?
1: Okay, so what you want to do is when, once you have the water turned on, uh, you can actually take your rake and thatch those areas, just rake up the dead grass. And then what you want to do is take, once you have the water or you can take, you know, if you don't have water, water turned on yet, you can, once it, w- the ground is, is, the frost out of it, you can take some pails of water out there or your garden hose and just leach it. Pour water in those areas and just leach out uh, some of that urea. Because what it is, it's okay. urea. So it's a it's urine, which is urea, which is the nitrogen, yeah. and you get a high concentration. That's why on the outside edges is tall and nice and green because it's actually, it's diluted and it's actually using that as fertilizer, okay?
0: But it's too concentrated okay, it's, in the middle.
1: But it's too concentrated in the middle. So you want to dilute it, and then you want to take some... Uh, uh, you want to take some... You can take some... Um uh, there's some some grass seed and there's actually some dog spot uh, repair, which actually has a mulch fertilizer and grass seed all in one. You can just shake it onto those areas and then it'll okay. it'll grow back again. Now to stop those areas again, if you think you're gonna have that area again next year, there's a product called a uh, company out of out of Winnipeg. He's an organic uh, fertilizer guy and he's come up with an organic dog spot prevent. It's called. So if you fertilize okay. it with the, it's basically a type of a fertilizer. And if you use this a couple times during the summertime, next year you won't have the dog spots as as bad, not near as bad as if when you use this stuff. But it's called dog spot prevent. And that's what it's not, it's not a cure because you still have to put the grass seed down to get it to come back. But when you put this stuff down afterwards, it, then it'll help it, that from happening again.
7: Okay, awesome. And do you guys sell that mulch, the, the, the mulch that I put on for the, to treat the area? Yep, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's really neat. It is, it actually, you, you, put it down, you shake it out, and then you, you water it a bit, and yep. it puffs up. And it, it, cool. uh, it insulates everything. It's this really,
1: really neat. It helps keep the moisture there, it makes a perfect environment for that grass seed to come up a lot quicker.
7: Awesome.
0: going to okay. do that. Thank you so okay. much. Have yeah. a great day. You too. Thanks, Tanya. One eight we are going to get to our text line as soon as we can here, but we're going to keep going with the calls. And we've got Brian, who is in Saskatoon. Good morning, Brian.
2: Hey, Rick. How's it going? I'm doing great. I love your show. Thanks yeah. for all the info that you give us. Thank
1: you. It's fun.
2: Um, I was wondering, I've got an older birch tree. When's the best... Uh, two questions. When's the best time to prune it? Okay. And... Uh, it's also got some blight on there. It's been happening over the last few years. You know what I mean? Kind of looks like dog poop on the branches. Okay. Right?
1: Okay. So that there's. Uh, g-
2: uh, can I, by cutting that off, will it arrest the problem, or is this fatal to the tree, or what?
1: Okay. So you got two things happening. One is the you said you had a birch tree, right? So you're gonna yeah. you're gonna prune that when the leaves are out, the full size. So not until almost July the first. That's when you're going to okay. prune it, okay? If you prune a birch tree right now, it'll bleed like crazy, and it'll bleed for like two to three weeks without stopping, okay? So yeah. wait until the leaves are out full size, which is usually you know third week in June, July first type of thing, and then also you said that you have the dog spots on there. Now that usually is on a choke cherry or mayday tree, okay?
2: Yeah, this is on my birch tree.
1: It's on your birch tree. Yeah, so you might have a you might have a a, a, a like a fungal growth on your birch tree then so what you can do is you there again you have to wait to prune that out but out in and, and I would what suggest is just on a smaller branch or on a big branch
8: uh,
2: probably the smaller, the biggest branches are probably maybe about an inch in diameter
1: okay so then I would do the same thing with that one I would trim those that branch that piece that infection out it most likely was caused by, you know, their sap sucker or something that damaged that bark, and then there's a growth that happened right there. So, okay. um, so it's called a gall, okay? So, it's, I would trim it off, and you do that again, uh, when if you trim that off right now, it'll bleed like crazy. So, do that in basically about the third week of June, just trim that gall off.
0: Okay, cool. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Thanks a lot, Brian. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. 332 8255 look at this we got texts going crazy we're gonna to get to that in a second but first one more call in saskatoon and janet is with us good morning janet
7: hi good morning rick good morning. um we purchased two holmstrup cedars last year yes um one is looking really green the other is brown almost to the bottom there's just a smidgen of green still at the bottom that one going to survive, or is there anything we can do to bring it back?
1: If it's totally brown, it's probably not going to come back, okay? Okay. If it's totally dark, like, yeah, it'll take too long. So most likely, wherever, if you just bought it last year, You'll have a warranty on that plant and then you'll have to get it replaced because it, 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 may come back, but it'll take you like
0: five years. So it's, to, it's KFC, Kentucky it, Fried Cedar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so something okay. happened, whether that plant it got stressed somehow when it was transplanted or too wet or too dry or something, or maybe just one of those things in the spot that it's in. And so, uh, make sure the first year you, you can overwater a cedar. So I okay. like using my old piece of rebar where I probe yeah. the soil before I water. Okay, and also okay. you gotta watch if you have a spot where the water runs to off of an eaves trough or on when your sprinklers run, it runs to that spot. Make sure you do not plant too deep, okay? When you plant okay. a new one. So the the whatever's in the, the soil that's in the pot should be up even flush with the soil that's surrounding in the area. Don't plant it down deeper and leave a big bowl. That's a mistake, okay? I'd okay. rather leave yeah. my bowl on top of the ground by building a berm around it and And then that way only water I give it is what I give it, not what runs off the grass. Okay?
8: Okay,
3: yeah.
1: So um, so but most likely if it's brown from top to bottom, a little bit around the bottom, no, you have to replace it.
3: Yeah. Okay. Okay? Thank you very much. Thanks,
1: Janet. Take
0: care. All right, 1-877-332-8255. It is a break time, and then right after this, we are heading to the text line. Yep, we've got lots to talk rap, about rapid here.
1: Rapid round on te- text.
0: Exactly. So we've got uh, a text from Carol talking about an amber maple. We're going to go with Isabel's text with Asquith as well. We're going to talk to Sarah in Colonse, dormant oil, talk about that. April, uh, apple trees, maple trees with uh, Monica. Uh, Johanna in Esteban, there's so much to talk about, so stick around. Lots coming up here on the second hour of Garden Talk. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Divendyck. You're listening to Garden Talk on nine eighty C J M E and six fifty C K O M. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick and Jill Van Dyvendijk, and this is the second hour of Garden Talk. Yep, we're back. The two hour show is here for the spring. Now that the spring has sprung, even though maybe it doesn't look like that across the whole province right now, it was a lot. It was pretty nice this past week. Yeah.
1: I mean, we had, there was like, South we had one, almost 18 degrees, 16, well, 18 degrees. I was talking yeah.
0: to my uncle who's in Moose Jaw. He said like 20 something down in, in that area. Yeah, of course, so. it's always warmer over there. But we'll see what the weather looks like this
1: coming up week. Still had some snow in the parking lot, so I took the skidster out there and sort of broke up a bit, and boom,
0: it was gone. Gone. <laughs> Excellent. That snow can go away. I yep. saw a picture uh, on Facebook of a co-worker of mine up at Emma Lake. Yep. Holy smoke. There's Boy, like yeah. two and a half or three feet of snow still. My
1: wife was up in McShee Sh- Lake up Waska Sioux yesterday, and she said, yeah, there's lots of snow there yet, so... Yeah, there's um, conditions yeah, vary greatly all over, and she said it was almost <laughs> it was the snow started being in the ditches all, almost up uh, once you got past uh, basically Rostern. Yeah, then all of a sudden there was lots of snow in the ditches, and
0: then farther you went north, the more it was. Crazy. It is time for us to get to our text line. Thank you for all those who have called in and texted in. We're going to finally get some chance, uh, some time here in our second hour to answer these texts. So this one is from Carol and says, uh, Hi, Rick and Jay love the show. I took some bad advice and didn't prune uh, an Ammer maple. So it had only one trunk. Yep. Okay. okay. We had a hundred and six kilometer hour wind gust come through our yard last July, which took out the one branch on the tree. Okay. Should I trim the damaged trunk or leave it as it is? And hopefully it'll repair itself somewhat. Not sure what to do. Any advice would be helpful. Thanks, I, Carol.
1: I would suggest that one just send me a, a, a picture of it with Rick at Dutchgrowers dot com. Then I can I can take a look at it and just give you a better example better better talking about how to take care of it. Um now and, and you're not going to want to trim it right now, obviously, because you know, on a younger tree like that, it'll it'll bleed like really pretty bad. Yeah, this time of year. So, uh, um, uh, so best thing for us to do is to send me a picture of it, and then I can explain by email about how to, about what to do actually do with that damaged plant, whether you can it can be repaired, uh, and then it can grow, heal itself back together again, or we need whether we need to trim it off and then let you new. Branches come from the bottom and start again. Right.
0: So Carol, even if you might have sent us a text with a picture, we can't quite see the picture I can't, here, can't see it. Uh, and and it all depends on what it looks like. So yep. that's why we gotta send that email.
1: DutchGrows dot com.
0: Perfect. Okay. Thanks for that question, uh, Isabel in the Asquith area. Good morning. Is it too late to prune my nine bark bushes? They're yes. about three feet high. Perfect time. Is it per- nest?
1: Perfect time. The only thing I suggest you do is that just give it a. If it's only three feet high, it's it's small yet because Depending on the varieties. Uh some of the varieties uh like will grow about five feet tall. Yeah, that's right. Uh you can get a tiny wine or tiny gold wine that, that stays about three to four feet tall. So the another ones you'll get the get Diablo nine bark will get eight feet tall. Yeah. So it all depends on the variety. But just give it a little bit of pruning. the, the nine bark's let be pruned any time. So you can just, even prune during the growing season. Yes. Okay. As they're growing, just like you would a hedge type of thing. And just keep it so that it's nice and tight and trimmed and have lots of new growth, especially some of the newer, uh, newer varieties like, um, that'll, that'll have, um, like, ro- uh, uh, glow, glow, uh, glow nine bark, uh, um, golden, golden nine bark. All the new tips, you get more tips. They have sort of a, a, a golden color. Yep. Or amber jubilee has that, has that amber color on the new growth. So just a little bit of
0: trimming will make it have lots more growth and, and keep it so it's not so sprawly. Second half of the question from Isabel in Askwith. A flowering crab. The branches I would like to prune are about one inch in diameter, not yep. growing upward, but rather sideways. sideways yep. Thanks for sharing the information. So yeah,
1: trim that right now. Apple trees, fruit trees, okay. uh, flowering crabs right now, the only trees, again, that you don't want to prune right now is maples and birches and uh, even some pines. They'll bleed like crazy. And also shrubs you do not want to prune right now is anything early blooming, lilacs, uh, double-flowering plum, flowering almond, uh, rhododendrons. Because if you trim them now, you'll basically cut all the blooms off, trim them just after they finish blooming in the spring. Yep and then they'll put on new growth and bloom lots next year. The only caveat with that one is, let's say i got a lilac that's 12 feet high, and I want to bring it down to 6 feet, okay? Because it's just too big. Yes. So I have to trim it now when it's dormant, I will lose, I won't have as many flowers, very few flowers, but I'll have flowers again next year or the following year. Right. Because you just can't prune it after it finishes blooming if you're doing that severe unless it's dormant.
0: Monica also asked a similar question in Saskatoon. I've got towering cedars, maple trees, apple trees. When can I trim each of them? So apple trees now. Apple trees
6: now. The cedars cedars you can do now. Now, but the maple
1: trees. Maple trees trees after it's fully leafed out, which is about the third week in June. Uh, after that, up to the end of September.
0: Sarah in Colonse sent us a text speaking of maple trees. She says they've got a large maple tree that gets badly infected with aphids every year, which is very hard to get rid of. When would be the best time to start spraying, and what product should I use? How often? That sort of thing.
1: Okay. There's two things you can do. One, you can you can use a product called Ambush, okay, and you can spray it about every 14 days. Also, what's new, Jay, it's really cool. I'm excited about okay. this. We have just brought in, and we're going to have limited supply, praying mantises. The
0: I saw that in the garden center. I saw the, the, yeah. the, the yeah. advertisement yeah, for it. Yeah.
1: We have praying mantises. So you get this little, you get this little sack and it has a whole bunch of these, uh, eggs egg sacks in it. And then you let it release them into your yard a little bit later on. You keep them in your fridge right now. Later on, when it warms up, you release them into your yard. These praying mantises just go around. They're like those little stick things, right? You can't really almost camouflage, right? Yeah. And you can put them in your yard and they just seek and destroy. The aphids. Okay. the aphids the aphids the aphids beetles
0: caterpillars nothing stands a chance
1: yep cool yep they're like so, bug
0: predators bug
1: predators i mean there's there's different varieties of of i was reading that the other day there's different varieties of prairie Just some of the bigger prairie mans you'll see down south they actually go after small birds too oh gosh but, uh, but <laughs> not here not here <laughs> these are little <laughs> ones that's right but, and they and they don't survive the winter here so they just end up dying out and you have to put them back in or some people might go and, collect some of them and put them into an aquarium for the wintertime oh boy and uh but it, it, there
0: again it, also we have you
1: can get ladybugs for aphids as well and there's lots of different insects you can do for that
0: carol in saskatoon uh, this is one for jill uh she says i've got two questions i bought some lily bulbs at gardenscape yep. asking if i should put them in the pots before i put them out into the flower beds what do you think jill
3: Yeah, I'd probably start your calla lilies right away. Um, You can start them in a pot. I'd probably put them in a one-gallon pot um, to start off with and plant them maybe about um, two inches, two to three inches deep in that pot there. Um, Put them in so that warm soil temperature will get them germinated and then keep them evenly moist, not too saturated. Get them growing for yourself and then you have a head start on spring.
0: And the second question she's got, this is from Carol in Saskatoon. I have several hardy hydrangeas, Limelight, Quickfire, and Annabelle. Wondering when I should cut them back and by how much? We kind of touched on this a little bit. Yeah,
1: hydrangeas, you, what I do, I like to do in the fall is I just deadhead them. Mm -hmm. I take the big flower heads off, but I don't do any more trimming. Right. That way they catch more snow and protect themselves. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then what I do is in spring, I'll cut it back a third to one half. Okay, right. That's how much I want to take off, one-third at least and up to one-half, and you'll get
0: lots more blooms this the coming year. Okay, so there you, you do go. do that right now. There you go, Car- uh, Carol. Uh, let's see, where where's the next text? Uh, Joanna in Estevan. Good morning. Is it too early to dethatch, aerate, overseed the lawn? When is the best time? We did talk a little bit about this, yep. but, you know, uh, I guess in Estevan, it may be warm enough warm right enough, now. Yep.
1: Yeah, if it's dry enough. The biggest thing, if it's really wet, I mean, if you get a dump of snow down there, and it's going to be really wet. If you dethatch right up when it's really wet, you'll actually take clumps up. So right. make sure it's dry enough so that you're not going to take clumps up, but otherwise you can dethatch any time. Putting the seed down, I would suggest waiting to the last week of April before you put your seed down, and same with your fertilizer. I don't want to, you get plus 20, and all of a sudden, you know, you get all some new growth happening, and then we go down to minus 10 or 15, it's still going to happen till, you know, till the end of the month. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't want that forcing to grow, especially down in the southern part of the province where you can't get, you know, really warm temperatures and then go the other opposite direction all of a sudden overnight.
0: Exactly. One last text. We've got a minute till we get our news update coming up here. Good morning, everybody. My husband is just Determined to plant carrots in my front flower bed. I'm wondering if I can still put some annuals there or should I concede the spot to the vegetables? That's from Pauline in Saskatoon. What do we think?
3: I think the biggest thing with carrots is you need to make sure you have enough sunlight and that you have uh, um, So make sure your soil is nice and loose in that area. till it first. You can plant annuals around them, but just make sure you leave enough area so that remember these are root vegetables so annuals sometimes will have a lot of roots so you need to make sure that you have enough space so those um carrots can root in there as well too so planting the annuals right next to the carrots tight um probably wouldn't be the best idea
0: Man, time flies when you're having fun. we got just half an hour left in our two-hour edition. Yeah, it
1: goes so fast.
0: <laughs> so fast, it? <laughs> unbelievable. It's, it's a lot of fun, so it just goes quick. We've got still a whole pile of texts to get to. We're going to try to get as many as we can on the air. Uh, Jill is back with us. I'm sure she's on the road right now. And we've got a call up in Prince Albert to get to. So we're going to go talk to Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning.
4: Hi, guys. Hey, um... Thanks uh, for coaching me through to uh, last year. I planted a great uh, grass from seed with your advice, using the proper seed and fertilizer. Um, As the snow is retreating, um, I'm not sure, I hope you didn't get this question already, but I've got snow mold, and just wondering when is a good time to deal with that and how I should deal with it.
1: As soon as you see snow mold, you deal with it. And so, yeah. what you two things you do is one is you take a, just a leaf rake, and you yeah. don't take take a hard rake. You just take a garden rake. Just take a leaf rake and just fluff up the grass. That's all you need to do, and that'll get rid of the snow mold. Okay, just get some air into the grass because it's all it's all lodged or matted down, right? The grass yeah. from the snow. And also, yeah. what you want to do because snow mold happens at the edge where your piles of snow is on your grass. Spread your snow around. If you still have some piles, Prince Albert, you might still have some piles of snow, especially on the north side of your house. Yep. Take, take your shovel and spread it out in your grass so that it's, it melts evenly, right? Perfect. Rather than slowly, and then that's where your mold happens, just at the edges underneath the snow. So spread it out so it melts evenly, and then when you do get the exposure in the mold, just take your rake and just get some air into this into the grass and sort of fluff it up a bit, and then that snow, snow mold will disappear all on its own, no chemical needed or anything.
0: Perfect. Okay, okay thanks again. Thanks, thanks Joe. Welcome. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's where you call and you text. Okay, back to the text line. We've got uh, quite a few to get to. We'll try to answer as many as we can. Rita in Saskatoon, is it okay for us to take the bags of leaves off that are covering the roots of perennials and rose bushes and stuff now? Okay.
1: Just- Depending what part of Saskatchewan you are, if you're down by Esteban, you know, maybe, you know, you could take it off. Hey, she's in Saskatoon. Saskatoon. So, okay, Saskatoon. Then I would suggest it's a little bit longer yet. Uh, we're still talking about minus nines and minus tens here this next week. Uh, but after that, you could, by the, by the, uh, right after the, uh, Easter weekend, absolutely you could take them off.
0: Okay. Uh, Ernie in Saskatoon, when is it too late to prune grapes?
1: Uh, you can prune grapes right now. Okay. Yeah, it's before they bud out. So if you want to give them a major pruning, do that right now in March or the, or the first week, first two
0: weeks in April. Uh, quicker, the better now, the better to do it now. Good one for Jill here. Jeanette is in Corman Park South and she says, I'm growing a hyacinth for the first time in a glass bulb jar. Any tips? Fertilizer in the water? Uh, is it, it's finally growing after doing very little for two months or so.
3: Yeah, with that one, you're doing everything right. They're very easy. You just set them right above the glass um, jar and uh, just have the roots hang into the, hang into the water, and that's all you have to do. Um, just wait for it to bloom, and once it blooms, enjoy it. And then after it finishes blooming, let the leaves kind of die back, and you can, um, you can plant it out into your garden or put it into storage for next year.
1: But right now, I wouldn't use too much fertilizer right now because no. you'll just turn the water green on you. Okay, so uh, just if you still got some snow out and around your bushes and that kind of stuff, grab some of that and use that. Because uh, uh, South Corner Park is mostly all on city water right now, so uh, try to use some you know rain water rainwater or snow water. Uh, That'd be the best thing to use there. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, perfect. Another text has come in from Jane and, uh, talking about tea roses. She says, two or three years ago, I purchased taller grafted tea roses at Dutch, which yep. is great. Two of those were at least five or six feet high, 30 blooms at one time. Uh, then I put them into the garage for the winter and had about three years where they are for, had, had them for three years. Pardon me. The question is, do you know what type of tea roses they could be? Um, they're like, they're a tree type, five foot, tall yeah there's a bunch of
1: different that the, the what I call grafted or standard uh, tea roses okay. uh, there's so many different varieties it's it, it could be a number of them uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you at all unless I saw the actual rose itself right so once they do bloom this summer send a picture into us and we can tell you what it is yeah but just by the plant itself there's so many different varieties that it could be um just make sure that you know you've had it in the same pot for a long time just make sure you're, you're you're fertilizing it and you you may if it's been 3 years you may have to go to one size larger pot as well okay but other than that, just uh, you may want to thin the, that top out if it's got because every time you prune it back, it's going to get double the amount of blooms, right? So you want to give it a little bit of a pruning for sure. But if it starts getting really, really thick, just go into the inside of that 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 big ball that you have there and just thin some of the branches out. They'll fill back in again, and uh, and then uh, the plant will be a lot healthier.
0: Perfect. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Going to talk to Doug right now. He's on the phone from Arley. Good morning, Doug. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. You were talking yeah. about portulaca. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a weed. <laughs> sure is.
1: <laughs> well, no, you, you can, you, you can actually you cook do... it and eat it, you know that, right? Oh,
8: yeah, boy. yeah, you can eat it. How, <laughs> how, how can you control it, or, or what can you do there with it?
1: Yeah the best way to controlling it is picking it and actually don't rotor till it don't cultivate it pick it and and put it in a pail like i a lot of times in had porchlaca i used to have a this a nursery pot sitting in the garden and every time i saw one i picked it and threw it into that pot okay and that way it, it cuz you leave one little cutting in in the garden and you try to chop it up with the hole or whatever you just all of a sudden you just those each little cutting or especially you go with the rototiller each little cutting turns into a new plant Okay. Yeah. okay, so uh, the best thing in a garden, I, I just put a pail in your garden, and just every time you see one, pick it up, throw it in the pail.
8: Okay, if you uh, um, put the land into grass or something, and will it eventually choke out and yes, die out? Will. Yes, it will. Yeah, And it will, will it come back again?
1: Uh, it may come back, because like I said, all it takes is for is for uh, you know either the seed or a cutting to get back into that area, right? Yeah. But, yeah. So it can't come back, but the gra- as long as the grass is there, it'll choke it out. Okay.
8: Okay. How about uh, any kind of spray to control it?
1: Uh, there's only thing you can really do with it is is you could use, uh, um, like I said, if you want to, if you get it early, there's lots of horticultural uh, herbicides out there right now, and one is called Roundup Advance. It's not yeah. a typical Roundup. It's actually a horticultural uh, uh, soap, and as long as you spray them when they're just new. Because what happens if you spray any kind of spray when they're older plant and they got into flower, they will still go to seed and have a zillion seeds, even if you spray them, okay? Maybe. So that's the problem. You have to spray them when they're just tiny. And then, then you can, if you hit them with the spray, it, it burns them off, and then it, they won't come back.
8: Uh, how about uh, anything incorporated into the soil to... Well, th- that
1: would be, if, if, if the problem, this is in the garden... Right? Is this a garden you're talking about yeah. again? It, yeah. Anything you put in the garden is going to stop your 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 seeds, so like your carrot seeds and your you know all that kind of yeah. stuff from germinating. So okay. there's no pre-emergent. You can't even use corn gluten. Corn gluten is is a natural pre-emergent and also fertilizer. But if you use in the garden, you may it may stay active for two years, and so then you have a trouble. <laughs> have no garden. You won't get your bean, peas, or beans or carrots or nothing to grow there.
0: Okay, Okay. thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that, Doug. Take care. 1-877-332-8255. You know, we're going to take one more break here. We've got our last segment coming up of Garden Talk and see how many texts we can get to uh, with that as well. Stick around. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Divendyke. This is Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Welcome back to Garden Talk on 980C JME and 650 CKOM. Can't believe it is our last, very last segment of this two-hour show. We've got so many texts to get to, so we're going to make it a lightning round, round. to here try to go. get some answers yep. for you here. Uh, starting with this one, Kay and Regina, can shrubs like the cranberry that are quite mature be pruned back to the ground, or will that kill them?
1: Yeah, you don't need to go right down the ground. I would suggest going down about uh, 12 inches off the ground, then they'll be fine. They'll come right back again. Right down to the ground. It'll take a couple of years for them to come back. Otherwise,
0: Rita in Saskatoon. I kept a snake plant indoors from last summer. Yep. I I overwatered it. Now I'm having trouble propagating with a cut stem. I've been trying for months.
1: Okay. So yeah. So what you can do is, if you want, is that you can actually pull a piece of the root out if you want. Uh, you can pull out of the pot and you can take a, a cut to one that way. Otherwise, you can take a a a. a, a a, a cutting from the, the leaf and then just stick it into, into a, a, almost like a cactus mixed soil. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go into a regular potting mix. It's too wet and they'll just rot off. Okay. Okay.
0: Perfect. Uh, this is from not sure who, but uh, can you do suckers or cuttings from Saskatoon bushes? Which is the better option?
1: Okay. Uh, you can either, either one. Uh, right. Cuttings, no cuttings, it won't work. You have to, it's, it's really, I have a hard time doing cuttings from, from the You're better off to do from uh, from a rooted sucker and then transplant them that way. Cuttings, it's a special way to do it. It's too technical. It's really hard to do.
0: <laughs> so just take this
1: up. Most most of the nursery industry do tissue culture now. That's how they do it. They, they do them in the lab. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Uh, Anne in Saskatoon. Good morning. When should I uncover our strawberries and perennial plants? Uh, there again, just a
1: little bit too early, but probably after uh, this year, after the Easter break.
0: Okay. okay. Uh, this is the dog pee question. Yep. It's kind of related to it. Uh, Texture asks, you know, uh, is it true male dogs cause, you know, the, the grass problems, but females are worse? It doesn't really
1: matter. The only reason why, because females squat. Yeah. Okay. Males will do it up against something, right? So you tend to get more spots because the female female squats. That's the only reason. Otherwise, the urea is the same on either one of them. And uh, that's the only thing bad with male dogs. They tend to. Pee on cedars and that kind of stuff, which hurts the cedars, right? Because they lift their leg up. <laughs> yeah. So
0: that's the only thing. Okay. Uh, this is Bob in Saskatoon. I'd like to hear your opinion on using moisture, light, and pH meters. Are they worth the money?
1: Yeah. Actually, the, especially the pH in Saskatchewan, okay. it's huge. That's People don't understand the, watching the pH, especially growing a garden or anything like that. The big one.
0: But those meters work pretty well for yeah. everything else yeah. you want to know, yeah.
1: right? Yeah. Moisture, too, especially because people don't water. people mostly water too much.
0: Okay, uh, this is um, R- Rianne. We bought and planted a couple of different varieties of raspberry plants in the fall of 2020. Yep, so a couple of years. Since then, we haven't touched them. They produced a very small amount of fruit last year, but there is there any way to make them do
1: do more. Every third year, take every third year, so they the ones that produced last year a lot, trim those ones out and let the new ones come up to produce this year. And also add compost or an organic uh, fruit and berry fertilizer in there as well,
0: and that will help you get a lot better yields. Gene and Regina, when is the best time to trim pyramid cedars? Right now. We have, we have one on each side of my front door with a west exposure. Yep. Is there a rule of thumb about not trimming or pruning in the months no. anything that will ruin them
1: if you're doing a major pruning do it right now you hey. can prune a little bit in the summertime too with a new growth just remember you can only prune in so you still see green if you prune it in so you just got sticks it's not going to come back the top you can prune down like below if you up above the eaves trough trim it down about two or three feet below the eaves trough and then uh and then they'll they'll They'll
0: just keep them that way every
1: year. Don't let them get past that. Okay.
0: Russ is in Rose Valley. Are there any hazelnut bushes that produce nuts in Saskatchewan? Yes, available? There's,
1: there's two of them. One's called the beaked hazelnut and the one's called the American hazelnut. Those ones both will produce here in Saskatchewan.
0: Okay. Uh, this is Marie in Thompson Lake. I have two ornamental cedar trees that the deers have chewed almost all the leaves off last week. (laughs) They're two years old, three feet tall. Will they survive? Uh, Yeah, but it'll take five years.
1: From I had that happen at the lake, so it takes forever, yeah. and fertilizing like crazy, you're better off just to uh, remove and replace, Yeah. and uh, and put a fence around them every, every winter, because they'll, they know they're there now, they'll come back.
0: They'll come back, exactly. Yep. Uh, this is Pat in Saskatoon, we get little mounds of dirt. No, That's right, sh-
1: that fence just has to be for the wintertime, not for the summertime, you can take it down, like I put a snow fence around mine, okay?
0: Okay, right, but, for the yep, deer. Yep. Pat in Saskatoon, we get little mounds of dirt that show up in our, uh, in our this text is hard to read, yep. sorry, it's got cut up. Is it Earthworms pushing it up, robins walk all over the lawn in the summer. Okay. What could be doing that?
1: It, it, mostly it's is, is the worms, the worms. So, there again, uh, perfect that you got the robins. That's the best way to do it. Have a, water, uh, a like a bird bath or something like that. Attract uh, the robins to your yard and they'll keep, take care of that because all the chemicals we had for that are all gone now. We don't have them anymore.
0: All right. This is Dave and Edenwald. Going to be receiving uh, poplar, caragana, and white spruce seedlings April 21st from a tree supplier. Yep. Wondering, is uh, there anything that needs to be done planting these seedlings this early with the temperatures that we have that are going to be cool? As long as the frost is under the
1: ground, you can transplant.
0: But then do we have to protect them from anything? The cold? Nope. No. No? No,
1: because no. they'll be dormant. Okay be they don 't put any new growth on until the end of May, beginning of June, so they 'll be dormant, so you can put them out there. Just have to make sure they 're moist. Uh, the biggest thing is is don 't let them dry out um, uh, don't keep them too wet, but don 't let them dry out so and if they 're bare root, just make sure you hydrate the roots first, uh, put them in a bucket of water and hydrate them first for at least three or four hours, and then plant them out.
0: Lori was text, we were t- was talking uh, with us here on the text line. We were talking about praying mantises available at Dutch growers yep. right now. She says, Rick, that's really exciting about the eggs that you can, give, you can buy there. As a teacher, I've hatched and raised praying mantises many times. They yep. eat a lot of bugs. We would observe them eating bugs in our classroom. Then I'd send home with anybody who wanted one. <laughs> if you haven't raised the, these before, I do know a bit about hatching them. They're pretty neat, actually. Yep. So so thanks, Lori, for the comments. That's really cool. Uh, okay, this is from John Esteban. Hi, guys. We have two wild prune trees in our family farm that have been there all 35 years of my life. Yep. I've, had one, I've had one delicious plum. <laughs> one. The, they fruit so rarely that we have uh, kind of let them do their own thing for the past decade. Yep. Minimal pruning. They're probably eight feet tall now. I've made it our mission to reap a plum harvest. What are my first steps? We have a lot of other fruit-bearing plants in the farm, and they all flourish: apples, crab trees, yep. sour, sour cherries, choke cherries, strawberries. But the plums are stubborn. What can yep. we do?
1: Okay, so what, what, what kind of what did he say? Wild plum or did he say a tame plum? Well,
0: he said wild prune is what he said. So they just don't don't okay, take so don't anyways, do anything with it.
1: Basically, is that a lot? A lot of the wild ones only have tiny little, not very many. But uh, but if you can get a, get a tame plum like uh, Pembina or Brooks Brooks Red, they'll give you more produce. Now, the wild ones you have will p- pollinate
0: the tame ones and give you a way better crop. So basically, there's two plum trees there, um, and if you get another variety, yep. that's going to help them all yeah, two to produce. Two
1: different varieties, varieties is important, and also it would important if you have the tame ones. If you keep a wild plum in your yard, and then keep it, they're hard to find, but if you can keep a wild plum in your yard and keep it pruned to a shrub, just so we want the flower not to be a tree, mm-hmm. that will give you a double amount on the tame plums as well. Okay. Okay. That's I learned from Rick Skowski, a techni- techni- technician over at the University of Saskatchewan is great.
0: So John, if you got more questions with that, make sure you email rick at DutchGrowers.com yep. if there's more info you're looking for with that. Yep. Thanks for joining us today. Wow. That is it. <laughs> We're done. That's <laughs> fun. We got to go. We'll be back, of course, next weekend with the same thing. Yep, two and, hours. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a blast. So two hour show coming up next weekend. If you got more questions, I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyvendyke. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.